Return to Camp Blood, episode 84. He's back with CJ Graham. This episode is brought to you by Friday13thFranchise.com. Jesus Christ. Jason's alive. He killed my friend, now he's coming for me. He's got a death curse. Jason's a legend. I'm Mrs. Warrior, an old friend of the Christie's. Jason belongs to hell. You're doing if you stay here. Never come back again. You see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. Welcome to another episode of Return to Camp Blood. I'm your host, Chris, and tonight um, C.J. Graham joins us back at camp uh, to discuss uh, some upcoming um, convention dates and to just give you a general update on um, what he's up to right now. Anyway, uh, Nate and Eric talked to him, so without further ado, here they are. So tonight we have joining us another very special guest who's joining us for the second time. Uh, please welcome C.J. Graham, who was very well known as Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th, Part 6. Thanks for joining us, C.J., and how are you doing tonight, sir? Hey, I'm great, everybody. Thank you for inviting me back. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, we definitely appreciate you, you know, coming on the show the first time and, you know, filling us in with all the all the good good information that you did. Uh, we just kind of want to discuss with you tonight and let some of the fans know there's a lot of chatter going on right now in the Friday the 13th community about your upcoming costume appearances and some of your additional convention appearances in general. As many of you know, there's some pictures floating around of CJ in costume on social media and a little bit of chatter about that. So uh, if, if you can, you know, we'd just like to hear about, you know, some of the upcoming convention appearances of you in costume. Great. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, several of my fans uh, that do a lot of work with wardrobe and mask and latex covers, um, you know, a couple of them had an idea that they wanted to put some wardrobes together for me and get me out there on the convention space. Um, you know, as you know, I'm going to be stepping away from the kind of hanging my suit and tie up uh, as chief operating officer or senior executive positions within casino resorts. Uh, actually next month in February. So I've started to receive quite a few communications for conventions. In fact, I've got about six or seven conventions from February to July 2017 already booked. And then we started the spin of putting the wardrobe together, which we've been able to put it together with almost 100% accuracy. Um, I've had some great fans that do special effects and do those effects, and the hockey mask has been put together off the hockey mask that I have from the movie, so it's got the same characteristics. Um, latex, same concept. I had pictures of my own personal photo that I have extended to people to use as color coordinations. The wardrobe, again, taking a look at the photos I had and knowing myself where to get those, they were military issue, including the web belt, the machete, and the actual hunting knife, getting a replica made of it, um, which was a replica put together through a process of the person who had the original hunting knife prior to selling it. So the wardrobe itself is going to amaze the fans because as you saw with the photo that's been hitting the social media, it's almost like I stepped right out of the film 1986 into 2017. Yeah, the costume looks great. I know pretty much everyone that's been involved with the process. I think they all did a wonderful job. Um, and I'm, 
I think from what I've heard, this was actually the first time you've put the mask on in that photo since the movie shoot. Is that correct? Yes, uh, it has been a little, a little over 30 years since I actually put that wardrobe on. So for me, it was like stepping back in time. But you know, the funny thing is, as soon as I put that hockey mask on, I was ready to kill. <laughs> that was going to be, yeah, that was going to be my next question was if, if you could just sum it up in about three words, maybe what you felt like, you know, after you put the whole costume on. Powerful, intimidating, back. Nice, nice. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, you know, Atlanta's coming up, for those of you that are aware, Days of the Dead coming up first part of February, which will be CJ's first official photo costume uh, or costume photo op. And I think everybody is really in for a treat. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I think that, you know, um, you know, like you said, putting it in three words, um, another way of putting it is Jason Lives, 1986. And then as I put it to today, Jason is back. So awesome. It was pretty exciting. And you know, the nice thing about the retro look, it's very popular and it is simple to put together aesthetically and it has its own ominous about how it's presented. So it's going to be fun. Now, as far as days, of the dead Atlanta goes, since this is actually the first costume photo op appearance. Now, is there anything that you're aware of that the promoters have set up as far as maybe a special background or, you know, anything going on with the photo that's going to, you know, make that maybe more special than some of the other appearances you're going to do? Yeah, I understand, you know, with the photo op that we put together, the option is to have a, a green uh, screen background. And what they'll be able to do is to, uh, from what I understand, put the woods in the background and possibly the cabin um, or a cabin to give you that, that mystique look of being at a camp, Crystal Lake. And then, of course, being able to be in wardrobe. Um, I don't think we'll use the machete as much as we'll probably use the hunting knife because I am the only Jason that can actually stand up and say I used a hunting knife. Um, use that as far as the weapon of choice and get a photo with my fans. I think it's something that they can put on the mantle. And, you know, still be able to say he came out of 1986. It's right out of Camp Crystal Lake. And the fun thing about being in Atlanta, you may or may not know, and the fans may not know, but the movie was actually shot in Cummington, Atlanta, about 35 miles outside uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Camp Daniel Morgan. And it's not far away, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping to be able to get out to the campsite, which I understand is still there. And two things. Number one, I'd like to put the wardrobe back on at the campsite and get some amazing stills. But regardless, I'm going to go out to the campsite. My goal is to get a couple uh, baggies full of dirt from the campsite to use for the wardrobe to make sure the the dirt on my boots and my clothing is actually from the campsite. Again, going back to originality. Yeah, that's a great idea, and, and actually just answered one of my questions. If you planned on visiting the scene, since it is relatively close, so that's that's awesome yeah. to hear. Um, you yeah, know, did, and, I, and, did I forget to did I forget to tell you you're driving? <laughs> well, you know, of course, I would definitely do that. Well, uh, he'd be he'd, he'd be riding down with me because he's got to come oh. from Peoria to Indianapolis. Then we'll be down. Right. We'll take care of you, sir. Yeah, we can all chip in gas money, but. You know, the thing is, I thought it would be so cool to be able to go out there and score some dirt and take it to the photo ops as I go through this process over 2017 to make sure that the dirt and the grime on the, the wardrobe is actually from the movie site 
in the camp itself that we shot in 1986. How cool is that? Yeah, that's that's an awesome idea. Now, have you not been out there since the filming of the movie? I think I might have read that somewhere. Never have. In fact, you know, all of us, when we left, we left. We haven't been back. So this will be the closest I've been, uh, what, let's just say 40 minutes out of, out of Atlanta where we'll be doing the show, the show. So I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, and it would be awesome. You know, maybe it is a possibility since the camp is still open and available to maybe do a costume photo shoot, you know, maybe some type of camp out night or some kind of special event out there with the costume. That would be great. Well, you never know. I, you know, I'm, I, I do have a 22-acre ranch in Arizona. It doesn't mean I can't put campsites on my ranch and call it Camp Crystal Lake and have camp, uh, campfires and campovers. You never know if you're going to see Jason walking around the 22 acres. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely be a great idea. Absolutely. So, Now, as far as some of the other conventions, uh, I know there's been a lot of people, you know, saying, hey, CJ, you know, are you coming to this location or, you know, come come here, come there. Um, as of as of right now, what conventions can you uh, let the fans know that you'll be making your other costume appearances at as of right now? Yeah, if you, you know, if anybody wants to know, I do have a website on the last page. It does uh, identify the cons, but uh, we're doing the Atlanta show in wardrobe. We're going to do the Indianapolis show in wardrobe. Uh, Monster Mania, I'm not, but I will be at Monster Mania in March. I'm also doing Mad uh, Monster in Phoenix, uh, June 30th and first part of July. I'll be in wardrobe. And then possibly the Palooza show in L.A. in uh, late fall. Uh, which is the same promoter as the show in Phoenix. So right now we've got three confirmed in the United States, and then I'll be at Weekend of Hell in Germany, uh, and I'll be in wardrobe for that show also. Okay, and that's obviously the potential of maybe adding another one here or there if there is a, a request or demand for it. Yeah, it's it really is, and that's true, and, and I'm glad you asked that. Um, you know, if the fans want to see me, I'm there. It's a matter of the promoter reaching out to me. And, you know, anyone can get a hold of me through my website because it's my personal email that everything comes to. And I do get requests via email. And if somebody does request a promoter, if uh, the promoter and I can get together and there's no conflict of scheduling or they may be overscheduled right now, um, sometimes, you know, they book three, four, six months, a year out in advance. Uh, so they only have a certain budget that they have. So, you know, we will do it. I'll make it to the shows. I'm looking forward, you know, to another Whorehound, uh, Crypticon, and some other shows that I've been to. Again, as I mm -hmm. said earlier in the show, now that I am stepping away from my suit and tie, um, I've got plenty of shows coming up, what, six or seven in the first six months of this year, and I'll be able to fill those slots for the remainder of the year, and then we'll go into 2018, and hopefully we'll see what the fans want. Yeah, it sounds like you're going to be busy, and I know the fans are going to appreciate the extra time that you'll be able to, you know, to devote to, you know, conventions and maybe some locations that you weren't ever able to visit before. Um, I know that I've seen pictures and some stuff mentioned about there being a mannequin, you know, dressed in the Part Six costume at your table. Is that still something that you're planning on taking with you, regardless if you do the photo op or not at a specific location? Yeah, what it is is, you know, I've only been able to do one, two maybe three shows most a year because of my commitment, you know, as a chief operating officer of the two casino resorts. But now that I'm going to hang that up and step away, um, that's why I have so many shows in the first six months. So my 
my flexibility has opened up where I can make these shows. Um, to do it right, what I've done is worked with the folks that have created my uniform, my wardrobe um, from part six and had a secondary one put together and put a mannequin, bought a mannequin, full six foot one mannequin, and it will be in the wardrobe. Now, the nice thing about it, it's a great, a great photo op at my table. Um, if you can't do a photo op, a live photo op with the green, that if you buy a photo, of course, we can get up, take a photo with the mannequin, the wardrobe, the mask, myself standing next to it, and the, the guest, the fan. Um, the shows that I'll be able to take that to will be dependent on how well I can figure out how to carry it. Obviously, it's got to be checked at the airport, and I've got to disassemble it, and it's pretty big. It's about, if you think about it, it's six foot three, cut that in half, so you've got at least 30, 40 inches that I've got to go all the way around and get it into a bag and get it on a plane. So I'm not carrying it on, so I've got to see what the capabilities are. Anything east of the Mississippi, uh, Texas, for instance, and Phoenix and Crypticon in Seattle, I'm just going to drive to those shows and enjoy the scenery as I drive. I can just throw it in the back of the car. But I'm hoping to be able to take it with me because I've put some money into it in preparation for a photo op uh, at my table to really expand on the Jason character and give the fans what they want. You know, a picture with Jason, Friday the 13th, part six, Jason lives. Yeah, that's awesome. And just for those that maybe have not seen the photos or the talk about it, um, I've seen the pictures and it's the same quality of costume, the same maker that did the one that CJ is going to wear in the photo op. So uh, there won't be any sacrificing of quality by any means. No, and it should be amazing. I've taken a couple photographs of it and, uh, you know, I've got it set up uh, in the hallway actually right now and I'll be watching TV and I'll look at it quarter of my eye and look up and it's just like, is it real? <laughs> you know, is it real? Because it looks friggin' amazing. Uh, you did. Uh, and I know that, uh, James Maxwell did, uh, your, your outfit and, uh, he does, he has done all of my costume as well. And I mean, I've got to give him a shout out and, uh, Brandon Scott Murphy, uh, they both have been on, on, uh, return to camp blood, uh, through community spotlights. So everybody that's put together your entire costume we've talked to and, uh, you just professional. I mean, through and through everybody that you've got has such a great eye for detail that I don't see, I, I can't wait to see you. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. James has done a great job uh, with the actual wardrobe, the shirt and the pants. Uh, he just sent me a photograph a couple days ago of the, the new one he just completed for me uh, for the appearance to make sure it met with my expectations. Um, he's been very good about, you know, allowing me to advise a little bit on it. Also taking a look at some of the photos to make sure there's accuracy in the product. He's been amazing to work with. Um, you know, no different than everybody else as we put the rest of the wardrobe together. So I think I think the fans are going to be seriously shocked when I stand there. And without a doubt, without a doubt, when they look at me, they're going to see the real McCoy. It's Jason. Jason lives, and there's going to be no hokey pokey about it. It's going to be the real deal. Oh, yeah, I, I love that. I, I that sounds that I I. I am genuinely excited. I mean, that's that's 
that's just not something you see every day or having an opportunity. So, I mean, if you can get to Atlanta, Indianapolis, or if you decide that, you know, you do a couple more, get to one of these shows. I mean, CJ's an amazing person and, uh, that's it's it, that's a once in a lifetime. I mean, and that's not something I, I'm going to miss being a loyal, loving fan. Yeah, I think it'll be exciting. And, and as uh, now that I'm um, readily available, I think I'm going to get an opportunity to make the shows. You know, like I said, having six or seven shows in the first six months of 2017, I could barely do six or seven shows in two or three years in the past. You know, so there's some opportunities that I haven't been able to do. I haven't been back to Texas right near a weekend in a long time, years. Hopefully I'll get a shot where they'll give me a call to come out and try to connect with those fans that don't have the opportunities of driving or flying a 1,000 miles to a show. It's expensive. So as I kind of get around and get an opportunity, I did get a call, an email here about three weeks ago to see if I wanted to go to Holland. Um, the only thing is it's in March, and I just, I'm, you know, it was too fast, and I'm already going to Germany, so I kind of felt obligated that I didn't want to saturate the market, even though it's a different country. But I did tell Holland that anything after July of this year, I'd love to do it. Um, you know, my agent that I have who works for me overseas is also looking at a couple weeks in Australia. There's some shows over there for two weekends that I'd be doing shows over there. So we're going to get it globally and appreciate the fans and. You know, like I say, as I say for all the Jasons, I mean, each one of us are extremely appreciative for the brand, the loyalty, the iconic image that we represent as Jason. Yeah, definitely. I think the fans are really going to show you some love at some of these shows, especially in the areas that you haven't really had a chance to visit. You know, um, I think you're really going to see a, a, a good a good showing for that. I think it's just going to going to be great for everyone. Like I said, especially you doing the multiple you know costume photo ops. Uh, those are going to be really really big for a lot of people. And I'm I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be um, fun, and I'm hoping it's going to be something special. I mean, the, the most important thing is, you know, these fans that come up to our tables, they're, I'm not exaggerating, six years old to 65 years old. And every one of them has a story how they got hooked on the Friday the 13th campaign. And it could have been their mother, their brother. Their, it, it's just amazing to hear the generational group of fans that are embracing the Friday the 13th. I mean, it's truly iconic. You know, in the 60s and 50s, it was all about Boris Karloff, Lon Chaney, the werewolf, Frankenstein, the invisible man, you know. And, you know, then we came into the Jasons. We came into Leatherface. We came into the Michael Myers. And, you know, we've been blessed, all of us, to to be put on this pedestal. And without a doubt, I'm appreciative to be there. And, you know, I'm not going to let the fans down, that's for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely you know one of those things that you know every, the Friday everybody always that I talk to anyway uh, it, it shows and a lot of the the Friday actors and stuff some of them have been in some of the other franchises and whatnot and other other iconic films and everybody always seems to say that Friday fans you know are the best and you know I would definitely have to agree with that. Hey, it's what do they call it, Jason Nation? <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, with all that in mind, um, 
you know, you made a mention of having obviously some extra free time, you know, once you hang up the, uh, the suit and tie, we won't use any other words to describe that because I don't want to get beat up the next time I see you. So, uh, with all this free time that, you know, obviously you're going to have to do more shows and, and do other things. Maybe we could talk a little bit about maybe some future plans, you know, how, how maybe you're going to spend your, your free time. Well, you know, everybody has aspirations, and I'm not finished with mine. I've been very fortunate in my career being a, you know, being a sergeant in the infantry, uh, you know, running nightclubs in L.A., um, being an, an actor in a successful, iconic film that will be there for years after my death, um, running casino resorts, being a good father, husband. Um, you know what? I, I do have some aspirations, though. Uh, I'll be living in Arizona, and uh, every couple of years – you know, they uh, elect a new sheriff, and I know it sounds kind of corny, but there could be a new sheriff in town. You never know, and I think the Jason connectivity is going to carry the brand of the person, and I do have a large business administrative background, obviously, you know, running $100 million resorts, so you never know. I, I, I do have some aspirations, and uh, you never know about the political field. We'll see what happens in four years. You know, Arizona's a good state, got good state senators, and uh, I'm looking at all options, to be quite honest. I'm looking at all options. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know how to handle a budget. There's no doubt about that. You've been doing that, uh, doing a very, very good job, obviously, you know, for many, many years as far as that goes in the casino business, which is obviously all about numbers and money. Um, just like with other businesses, you know, so that would definitely, you know, be in your favor. And I understand that you were also a reserve officer, you know, uh, many years ago. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, you know, back in the eighties, I was uh, a reserve police officer with a tribal, uh, down in, uh, Nevada. So, you know, it's one of those things that I had considered when I went to LA, I'd actually moved to LA back in the eighties, uh, before I started running nightclubs and was, entertaining LAPD. So, you know, it's always been an aspiration to work with those fine men and women in blue, as I did with the men and women in green when I was in the military. You know, it's its own sorority. It's its own franchise itself. And uh, it's got a good honorable code. You know, there are a lot of people out there taking care of us. Definitely, definitely. And you, you obviously have the background that, you know, would, would look great, you know, as far as, uh, you know, election time, you know, and accolades and things of that nature. I think it would be a, a great fit for you. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because if you go back and look at uh, Good Morning America way back when, when part six came out and they had all six Jasons uh, with Joan London, if I recall doing the interview, the question that she asked me is that I had interest in, in, police work at that time and what my partner would think about that i remember the comment i'm hoping they'll want me for my partner as a result um you know what do they always say well walk uh, quietly and carry a big stick i got a big machete <laughs> yes you do and uh so well we might have a, a sheriff jason and uh and now had you thought about possibly uh, going down to Camp Daniel Morgan? Yeah, I actually, since I'm going to be in Atlanta, you know, I, you know, thought it would be cool to to visit, and uh, I thought since we're so close, it would be cool to enjoy everything. So 
I think it just depends on timing and what we do. But yes, to answer your question, straightforward. Oh, that 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 would be so amazing. Uh, me and Nate were actually speculating about that uh, a couple days ago. Uh, we were talking, and uh, we didn't know with timing and everything how that would work. But I think that that would well, just be so epic. Yeah, and the the thing is, since it's so close, I, I my intent is based on timing to get there. But I would like to be able to get there since it's the first time in thirty years that I've been that close to the campsite. Um. I do want to at least get a trip out there and I want to capture some of the dirt from the ground and put it in some plastic bags and bring back with me because going back to the authenticity of the wardrobe, I want to use the dirt to put on my boots uh, for my wardrobe and the photo shots and rub on my gloves uh, so it really does have the characteristics of what we created as, you know, Camp Crystal. Uh, but at the same time, if I can, I'd like to be able to put the wardrobe on out there and get some nice photo ops and see what happens. Yeah, that would definitely be the perfect time to do that. There's no doubt. I mean, how many times will you ever be that close to the actual filming location? So it's definitely definitely like a perfect storm, if you will. Yeah, and so we'll see what happens. And I've been in communications with Tom McLaughlin, the director-writer of Part 6, and him and I are trying to work out some scheduling. Uh, as you know, he has a band. He's back with a band that he once had in the 60s called The Sloth. And uh, him and I are trying to work out some scheduling to get us both into some shows and do some photo ops, too. I think it'd be a nice contrast of both the writer-director and the principal, Jason. Um, but we'll see what happens. And I'm going to go ahead, and I, now that I've gotten everything unpacked and started looking through things, I found my original script from Friday the 13th, Part 6, that was not called Friday the 13th at the time. Um, so I'm going to make some copies of that. I think that's a good thing that I could put on my table for the fans to look at and or purchase and sign them and stuff. So I've got some good ideas out there besides just the machetes, the hockey mask, and things that we do autograph for our, our guests. Yeah, actually, I was just about to ask you, you know, there were... Last year, as many of you know, we had we had the anniversary, you know, for part six, and there really wasn't any, you know, big event that I kind of thought maybe there would be to celebrate the anniversary. Um, you know, is there is there maybe any talk of you outside of Tommy? Is there maybe any other cast members that are, you know, maybe wanting to get on board with meeting up at a convention and doing a, you know, a photo op with you in costume with, you know, other other alumni from the film? You know what? I think we'll have to wait and see on that. It's a great question. Um, it's since you and others have worked with me to put this whole concept together over the last 60 days, it's so fresh that I don't think there's been an opportunity to communicate to the cast uh, that there's an opportunity to do a convention with several of us from Part 6 together. Uh, you got to remember, it gets it's complicated. It gets expensive. Um, there's 18 people that I killed, respectfully, in Part 6. So to put all those bodies together and stuff is, is going to take a feat and the right promoter. And everything is location. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people on the East Coast. Um, it's quite a traveling for most people to live on the West Coast. So it's a matter of putting all the uh, complications and complexity together to make sure that we all can be there and perform. My challenge has always been my schedule, my time as an executive. I am no different than anybody else. They've got other things. Some people have like Tommy, for instance, uh, Matthews, he has a construction company in Los Angeles. He's working. 
but he does find time now and then to get out there and do some space with the fans. But it is complicated to get everybody at the same place at the same time. It's like a family reunion. You know, that's not easy to get all your family members and aunts and uncles and cousins and all together at one location when they're spread out throughout the United States. No, it's certainly not. And, uh, you know, we had had, uh, you know, Deputy Rick on the show recently, uh, Vinny, you know, thanks for joining us if you happen to to listen. Vinny. But yeah, in, uh, th- this was this was before the actual anniversary date. He was on last summer, and I had asked him about, you know, if he, if he was aware that there was going to be any type of reunion event or, you know, anything to celebrate the anniversary. And at that time, he said that he was unaware of anything at all. So it was kind of it was kind of almost sad to see that nothing was really planned, you know, out there. We were kind of hoping there would be some sort of a reunion, you know, you know, some sort, you know, not necessarily everybody involved, but, you know, a good five, six, seven, you know, cast members. You know, it really takes a lot of work uh, to assemble what you just said. It would take a promoter, for instance, today to promote and get organized for 12, 14 months with all the uh, principals to organize it. And, you know, that's that's not an easy task, to be fair, to everybody because of schedules and stuff. And then there's fallouts because somebody may be doing a, a part that comes up. Um, it is a complicated it is a complicated map to put everything together, but it isn't not possible. But you could also take a look at it for part one. You know, you could look at it for part 10. Uh, it's something that has to be put on the map and somebody has to produce it, put it together, coordinate it. But there's probably a 16 to 18 month coordination to get that done accurately. Yeah, I could certainly see that, if not even longer in some cases. But I guess it's something us fans are just, you know, just hoping that it happens in the near future. Yeah, I think it would be great if not, you know, for the next group or for the timing. Uh, you know, here's a good example. I think was uh, when uh, Derek Mears did his role, uh, he's got a 10-year anniversary coming up in a, ten, in a couple years. That would be a good opportunity to put the entire cast together for a con. And then, of course, you can always add the Jasons into it because they're all part of that family. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um and also, uh, another thing that I would like to bring up is, you know, this mention of your, your recent free time that's going to be made available very soon. And obviously the talk of the new film and which direction they're going to take it, you know, whether it's going to be a retro 80s version, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'd say it's probably safe to say if you were offered a part, if they went retro 80s, you know, who would be the best choice? You know, if it was offered to you, I'm sure you would take it. You know, it's it's interesting you say that. I've heard a lot of buzz about that the the new one. I've heard that uh, the casting director is at Paramount. I've heard it's a Paramount production. I don't know if that's accurate, so don't hold me to that. Um, however, you know what? If that casting director, uh, Mrs. Fields, if she called me today and said, would you come in and at least talk to us about it? Um, I would probably be there in about 20 minutes, and it's a two-hour drive, so I'll be telling you, that tells you how fast I'll be driving. Um, the opportunity to pick it up 30 years later and go back to the retro if that is intentionally what they're going to do and to be the person to put that wardrobe back on as I'm going to do for the photo ops to resurrect Jason forward again what an incredible honor that would be I mean just think about that if that was true so to answer your question simply yes I did take an honorable withdrawal with my SAG card my Screen Actors Guild card All I have to do is activate it, which I could do in about two days, 
and I could be on screen within three. How's that? I'd say that's a, an answer of a definite yes. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I do have one question. Uh, being the part three, uh, I believe it was part three. It's either three or eight that was filmed. Uh, well, the the uh, working title was Crystal Japan. Um, what was part six's working title? Well, see, you got to put me on the spot. Uh, it was Terra Incorporated was the company. And I have to think about that through this interview because it's on the front of my uh, script. And I just looked at it. But I don't recall up. I think it was Aladdin Sane, if I remember correctly. Aladdin. Yes. S-A-N. That is correct. Is it? I'm going off memory, and I just thought for the first time in 30 years, like a month or two ago. And Terror Inc. was the co- the company that was producing it. That was the covert name under the company that was making the paychecks. Uh, so they we flew under the radar, so people didn't know it was a Friday the 13th. Jason movie yeah absolutely and, and you're correct on that and you know you know going back to the the new film and whatnot you know if they do a, a retro you know 80s vibe to it which i think is great you know friday was in the 80s you know i love 2009 derek did a great job um and i'd be fine with them moving forward i guess in the future if you want to call it that but i'm also fine with us doing a retro film and backing it up a little bit uh, but with that in mind, you know, and no disrespect, you know, to Kane by any means, you know, Kane's a, Kane's a great guy. Um, you know, he had his place in the film, but considering obviously Ted White and his age and obviously Richard Brooker, RIP, I just think it would be very fitting, you know, with the job that you did in Jason lives that if they're going to go retro, I think you're the man for the job. Well, I think it has a, a reboot feature that is, is marketable. You know, and I've said this before, and, and, you know, a lot of people, including Kane and uh, others, have heard me say it. My personal opinion is, regardless of how you do it, uh, I really believe for that niche that if you brought all of the Jasons into the next feature as regular actors, using, let's just say, hypothetical, let's just say Derek Mears is the Jason or Kane is the Jason for sake of argument but CJ is a bus driver as a normal character and Kane kills me. And whoever this new Jason is kills all the Jasons that are still with us in the movie. I think the fans are going to be drawn to the film to see the, the man behind the mask of all the other Jasons. And then the new King, whoever that Jason is kill and command the respect as being the number one Jason, kind of like a UFC thing. I think that's a actually that's a really good idea. I've never uh, I've never heard anybody else mention something like that. So I think yeah, that's, I think that's great. Yeah, I mean that's that's awesome. Uh, I'm sure Eric would probably you know jump on board with that. He likes to speculate stuff like that, and I think it's great. What do you think, Eric? I I think that that's a great idea. I mean, I I have when we had Adrian King on the show, and uh, I speculate because they had talked uh about jason's backstory and i'm like well couldn't you be mama Voris? and i mean and i'd love to see that but i if the if that were to happen with i mean all of you gentlemen that have donned that mask be in the film i that increase i mean that increases marketability a thousand fold i mean 
that's that that's a seller in and of itself. I mean, to me. Yeah, and that's my concept. And again, it's just me talking out loud from a creativity perspective. So you already have all these Jasons out there that represent the franchise, well-known, well-respected, and appreciated by the fan base. But for them to get to see who the men behind the mask are on the next Friday and to watch them be brutally murdered by the new Jason, it's got its own sick twist to it. But it also, if you go back retro and get back to mainstream, I think it's marketable. I think it's going to bring that six-year-old or that 65-year-old to the movie because everybody that has their favorite Jason is going to want to see it regardless. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And there's a a recent film that was out last year called Smothered. I'm sure you're probably familiar with that. Kane Hodder's in it, Don Shanks, a few other alumni, and they're actually playing themselves uh, attending a horror con and ended up, you know, getting offed. But, you know, it's it's kind of similar to what you're saying, sort of, but I think the concept in general would just play out great. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Again, that's me talking out loud, and you just don't know who's going to be hearing this, and you just don't know where it's going to go on the social media and how it gets back full circle to Paramount Studios, if that, in fact, is who's going to host the new reboot. Um but it could be a nice spin to the next one to give it a launching platform of longevity all by itself, all by itself. And it will stand on its own two feet, so to speak, no punt intended. Um, We'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know what the score is. We'll figure it out. And uh, all I can do is be on the sidelines and coach. Yeah, I think, you know, with the way things change every now and again, sometimes they mix it up and throw some curveballs. I think we're all just really glad that it's not going to be a a found footage film and we're actually, you know, not going to have to deal with that. I don't know what your thoughts are on the found footage, but I think everybody's just thankful at this point, you know, regardless if we get a retro 80s or we're going to move forward in the future, that it's just not going to be found footage. Yeah, and I I agree with you. I mean, you know, if you're going to do it, do it right. And uh, I really think. Uh, creativity-wise, you can take all of the films, and if you take a look at all the films, they all take a little bit from each film when it comes to the kills. They just modify the kill. I mean, if I'm not breaking the sheriff's back in half, uh, Jason is flipping up a kid in a bed and breaking him in half. You know what I mean? So there is some similarities that they could really, with today's technology, boost it to another level. Um, It's too bad that Part 6 is an example. A lot of the uh, kills that were a little more dramatic, a little more bloody, were taken out because of ratings back in the 80s compared to today. They would be acceptable. And there were some special effects that were really, really amazing. And unfortunately, they destroyed all that film. It's not even on the floor to bring it back up and put a director's extended version because it's gone forever. Yeah, and speaking of special effects, I'd like to just kind of veer off subject just for a minute. Um, I know you've had a a chance to work uh, on another film that you're very well known for, which I'll let you elaborate on that. Uh, But Steve Johnson, uh, you've obviously had a chance to work with him, and he's got quite the extensive resume. Yeah, I was very blessed uh, when I did Highway to Hell, I played Hillcop. Um, And uh, some of the people in there were like Christy Swanson, And Ben Stiller had like a 10-second spot in it. Uh, So look who got the last laugh on that one. Uh, 
But Stephen uh, Stephen Johnson, Steve Johnson, special effects out of L.A., who's done well over 200 films, did the effects back then. Well, well known. Um, I believe has actually received a couple, three awards. And if I'm not mistaken, he's received uh, an effects for an Emmy, if I recall. Um, he's outstanding. But it's interesting, again, going back to recently, I found all my photos from my, my sets, both Highway to Hell and Friday the 13th. And I started seeing everybody that I'd worked with and some of the work he had done, uh, which led me to do a little investigation to find out how well he has done. So congratulations to Steve. He uh, he has become quite a special effects individual in the Hollywood market. So congratulations to Steve. Yes, definitely. Very impressive resume. And, you know, speaking of, of that film also, and along with Friday the 13th Part 6, I'm just going to, you know, throw this out here, uh, something that's, you know, probably never been asked before. Um, what essentially you know, caused you to stop acting in general? You know, it's interesting because nobody ever asked me that question. And, and it's not a bad thing, but when I, I fell into acting, quite honestly, and I've been always very honest about that. I mean, I got a phone call on a Friday and by Tuesday I was on set in Covington. It was one of those, hey, you want to play Jason? Um, everybody knows I didn't get the role originally. Um, a gentleman did get the role for me. When the first dailies came back, they weren't satisfied with the product on the screen. Um, good and bad, good for me, bad for him, but I understand he's went on to be very successful in the film industry as a stunt coordinator and a, uh, a second director um, on a lot of films, so kudos for him. But I did the I did the Highway to Hell. I did the Friday the Thirteenth. I did four, five, or six commercials. Some of them were national: Colgate, AT and T, Gatorade. Um, but I always knew in my heart, at six three, two hundred and forty, two hundred and fifty pounds, I'm not going to be a lead. You know, you have to realize I'm bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right, I'm the same size as Lou Ferrigno, as you may have seen. Him and I had dinner a couple months ago, and you know we're a very similar size. But if you put a Sylvester Stallone or a Tom Cruise next to us, we're going to tower above them. So at the time, I knew in my heart I would never be a true lead. I would be a character actor. And there weren't a lot of those out there at that time. So I kind of just took the money and went back to Las Vegas and bought a home and went back in the casino industry that I had uh, understood the industry and worked in the industry as a dealer dealing cards and then grew my career up to where it is today as a chief operating officer of uh, – two resort casinos in the Coachella Valley, Palm Springs, and Rancho Mirage, California. So now, I will tell you, I would find it interesting if they would have had it back then. I would think it would have been very cool to be a Lon Chaney or a Boris Karloff, where every time somebody was putting appliances on or prosthetics on or creating a monster, they always called CJ because they knew he could wear the prosthetics and the appliances and wouldn't be intimidated by all the glue. And it would have been fun to be able to do not only a helicopter, but a, uh, you know, take a look at Michael Myers or a Leatherface or any other of those characters that's come up over the years. I think that would be a great resume. Oh, definitely, definitely. But, I mean, for those of you that happen to be listening, I mean, there's your there's your first, I guess, uh, glance at, at his uh, his side of why he got out of acting, since no one's ever asked that question. So it's obviously good to hear the behind-the-scenes stuff. 
And, and that's the nice thing about it is I've never been asked it, and not that it's a right or wrong, but that's why I was smart enough to put my Screen Actors Guild card in what's called an honorable withdrawal because I always knew that eventually if I wanted to go back into the acting roles, that if I reactivated that card, that card is worth its weight in gold to get. They're not easy to obtain. You know, when you get Taff Hartley into the union, um, a director is paying uh, fines and fees because you're not union to bring you into the union, and they're paying substantially for you to enter the union. Once you get that card, you hold on to it. Sure, sure. And I know you made reference to some commercials and whatnot. Um, is there maybe anything that you can share with, with everyone as far as uh, maybe not necessarily the new Friday the 13th film, but is there maybe any acting projects that might be coming your way once you you know have more free time on your hands here you know, very soon? Well, what I've done is um, now it's only been, it's amazing, I'm so grateful, it's only been uh, barely a month. You know, December 15, 2016, I put my resignation into the tribe that I would be stepping away from the workforce. And within six weeks, booked six or seven shows throughout 2017. But I also got a call from Branscombe Richmond, who's a good friend of mine, um, been well-known, respected actor, producer, uh, seen more recently on Hawaii Five-O. He is a resident of Hawaii. Um, he, uh, he gave me a call and he's working out of Kentucky doing some projects and asked me if I was interested in getting back in front of the camera. So, of course, I said yes. So we'll see what happens. I do know a lot of people. Tom McLaughlin and I, the writer-director of Part 6, have spoken in the last week. And he's quite aware that I'm interested in getting back. And he knows a lot of people. So let's see where it goes and what the opportunities lie. Um, I just talked to Douglas, who had the part... Uh, with Freddy versus Jason of the Jason. He put the uniform on or the wardrobe on to come out of the water with the head because um, uh, the Jason wasn't available at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, Douglas does a lot of work, and uh, he, he knows I'm stepping back, and he said anything comes up that he's aware of, he's going to let me know. Kane knows I'm going to step back into it, so you just don't know. Kane's always doing projects, and, you know, I'm not looking to upstage anybody. It's like if you need somebody to be in the film to do a part, guess what? Hopefully they'll call their buddy, their brother from another mother, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Doug Doug Tate, he does a lot of monster roles and whatnot, and he would definitely be the guy to link up with as far as that's concerned. So I'm sure he'll be of a big help for you. Yeah, and Doug, uh, he's in a monster role right now. In fact, he sent me a photograph of him on set, killer wardrobe. I mean. He's he's uh, prosthetics from his feet to his head. Um, so, but he knows that you know he he had emailed me or texted me because he heard I was going to do a wardrobe and he was really excited. He thought that was amazing. And when I told him that I was going to be stepping back, he said that's good to know, quote unquote. He goes because he's out there a lot. Let's see what happens. So again, part of the credibility is I'm hoping that I've, I've been good to everybody, and you know I do believe in karma, and I'm hoping the people that. I've developed and built friendships, relationships with will, you know, reciprocate and say, Hey, I know a guy, he's crazy enough to do it. Let's call CJ. Yeah, definitely. Um, Doug's actually probably going to be on the show in the near future. Eric and I actually met with him back in September at MaskFest Indianapolis, and he said he'd come on the show. It's just a matter of, you know, finding the time and whatnot. You know, he's obviously a busy guy, but um, he's definitely a person, you know, if he's on your side, I'm, I'm sure it'll work in your favor. Correct. 
So, yeah, I appreciate you asking that question. So um, we'll see what happens. And we definitely hope good things. I mean, that's uh, that is it's 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 mind blowing. Me sitting here, you know, in my little office that I created in nowhere, Indiana. And I mean, thank you so much, CJ. I mean, I appreciate it from my heart that you'd come on the show, talk to us, and you know, announce that you're coming. You know where you're coming to uh, conventions. And uh, it's humbling. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure. I, I wouldn't be here without your support, the fan support. And like I said, you know, uh, Jason still lives. Yes, he definitely lives. I mean, he's he's not going anywhere anytime soon. The amount of collectibles, you know, that are that have been out recently and that are going to continue to come out. Obviously, we have Friday the 13th. The video game. We've had the guys from Gun Media on our show. Uh, part six. Uh, Jason is in the game. Um, you know, it, it's it's a big year for Friday the Thirteenth. We have the game coming out. We have the movie. Uh, we have CJ doing you know multiple costume appearances, uh, other convention appearances. You know, it's just a. I think it's a good year for for Friday. I do. I agree, and I thank you for allowing me to come on your show. I'm excited about two seventeen two thousand seventeen. I'm excited if they do reboot the film uh, at the end of the year, if there's an opportunity it comes out. Um, with or without my personal involvement, I, I know the franchise is going to be successful. It's iconic. And you know what? I, I can speak again for all the Jason. All of us are extremely appreciative and humble for the opportunities to have the fans that we do. And, you know, we talk about who's got the best fan base in the NFL. Uh, you know, the Jason Nation is the strongest out there. So thank you to the fans. I definitely agree. And I think a lot of other people do, too. You know, no disrespect to Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween or, you know, Texas Chainsaw or any of the other horror horror films out there. But, you know, Friday is a billion dollar industry. And I, I think I think we got the best fans for sure. Agree 100 percent. So with that in mind, uh, you know, we covered a little bit about, you know, if they throw it back, you know, to the eighties and whatnot, um, you know, is there, is there any other projects that, you know, potentially might be coming your way that you'd like to share with us? No, I think, you know, right now, again, going back, it's only been barely five weeks that I've announced that I'm stepping out and being available. Um, the phone is ringing and, uh, all I can do is keep moving forward. So, I'll keep you guys posted. I uh, hope to be on the show again. Again, I appreciate you inviting me back for a second visit. Uh, much, much success with your show. And to all the fans out there, thank you so much for your uh, support. You know, again, we couldn't do it without you. And uh, Jason Nation, no doubt. Absolutely. We we definitely appreciate your time. And, you know, we're we're definitely here for you. You know, anytime there's updates or anything going on that, you know, you'd like to talk about, we'll definitely have you on. Um, you know, I think we should probably give a shout out to the guys that have uh, been involved with your your costume. I'll let you go ahead and do that. I know there was a bunch of people involved, so uh, feel free to give them some props. You got you have the whole list in front of you. I don't have the whole list, but I have I have a bunch. I mean, obviously James Maxwell, who's involved with the clothing. Um, you know, yep. Good job. 
Yeah, definitely did a, a good job, James. You know, if you're listening to this, um, obviously you and I talk, you know, you do good work, but you did a, an exceptional job on CJ's costume. Uh, so kudos for that. You know, Ryan Matthew, who's been on our show from Escape Theory Studios, I know that he provided, you know, some of the props. Uh, Jason Gillespie, I believe, was involved in some of the props with the darts, uh, the belt and whatnot. Uh, but just overall, you know, great job, guys. I, I really got to give you a thumbs up. Yeah, they did. And, you know, the wardrobe, the darts, the uh, the originality of everything being done, I mean, everything was really put together systematically. Everybody was involved from the hockey mask to the latex hood, the color of the latex hood. You know, um, I would get pictures of it in stages to see if it was too bright, not bright enough, too much sheen, got to be dimmed down. I mean, no different than the hockey mask. And you know, there are variables of the hockey mask if you go from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. And so we're trying to put everything together at the beginning of the movie before the before the machete has been used to decapitate the three people. And that's when you decapitate and then you get into where the hunting knife is used to put in the head of the camper. So we're trying to mimic the wardrobe at that point for clarification. There's not going to be a 357 hole in the hockey mask because that's later in the film when the sheriff shoots me. So we're trying to find one spot in time in the film that can be mimicked with 100% accuracy. So basically we're mimicking the RV scene, if you want to call it that. Yes, right from the RV scene backwards is being mimicked at 100%. So yes. That's uh, and that's halfway through the movie. Yeah, yeah, and from seeing the pictures, I would definitely, you know, definitely could tell that that's probably what you were aiming at. Uh, Brandon Scott Murphy has also been on our show. Uh, you know, props to him. You know, great job. You know, on the hood, uh, he does great work. Uh, you know, also, I mean, everybody just did, you know, a fantastic job. So, you know, re- literally, you know, great. Okay, well, you know what, CJ, I know you're a busy guy, and I appreciate you joining us tonight to give everyone updates on your photo op, uh, costume photo op appearances and other convention appearances and just uh, just a general update. I know the fans appreciate it. We definitely appreciate it. So uh, thank you again for being on the show. Uh, we definitely appreciate it, and uh, you know, good luck with, with everything that's coming up this year. Hey, I appreciate the invitation. Look forward to coming back on the show a third time. And uh, I do just want to send a shout out to all the fans. Thank you. Uh, we as Jasons are, are really excited to represent you and, and do the franchise right. So until next time. Well, all right. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever the fuck you listen to this show at. If you want to support us financially, head over to catbloodpodcast.com slash donate. If you have a question or a theory, uh, hit us up under the contact tab on the website or comment on the show notes at campblubpodcast.com slash 84. Also, please consider checking out some of the other shows on the Astro Panda umbrella. Uh, you can find all those shows at astropandaproductions.com. And a special thanks goes out to the Downriver Rat for our intro and outro music. You can check his stuff out at thedownriverrat.com. Until next time. <laughs>